everybody, it's Andres Fuentes, here, the editor of the Hummingbird Recordings. I'm here with a special guest, Jess Manriquez. Jess, I don't think you've been on the podcast before. How about you kind of talk a little bit about more about what you do with Yahe, your position, things like that. Yeah, um, I actually was on the podcast for the Spooky, uh, there you spooky go. Stories podcast. <laughs> yeah. Thanks for reminding me. Yeah. Um, but I am Jess. I uh, started out as a queer and trans justice project director, and now I do uh, finance and operation. So um, basically, I do the day-to-day systems building process setting and procedural work that needs to get done in the background. So I'm not out in the community doing uh, organizing work. I'm behind the scenes making sure that uh, our staff get paid and making sure that we are compliant um, with our 501c3. Um, uh, yeah, so that's that's basically what I do. I do a lot of behind the scenes stuff like uh, our social media, our web page, um, and yeah that's that's a roundabout kind of way to say I do a little bit of everything but like you said you know you do or you focused a lot more back then when you had some free time at least um, you do a lot of stuff with queer and trans, trans justice work. Could you talk a little bit about that? What exactly does that mean? What is Yahe doing in that field? Yeah, so um, when we started the organization, Lorena founded the organization, but I was um, pretty much like second on board um, when when the organization was created. And so we knew that we wanted to have a queer and trans uh, lens to the work that we did because, you know, like I am a queer and trans person who has an immigrant uh, father. Um, So we, uh, yeah, we, we started out with that lens and our work is very much informed by uh, black, queer, Southern, uh, abolitionists and so we get a lot of our inspiration and the way that we move through this work uh, from them um so queer and trans justice for iahe means um always having that space to um, uplift and uh, center queer and trans folks in all of our work no matter if it's public health or if it's uh immigrants rights or workers' rights, uh, there's always um, queer and trans folks in the back of our minds and at the forefront of uh, the the work that we do. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, um, it's, it's mostly, like, making sure that we, like, for me, like, what I always said was I want to queer up immigration spaces And so, like, I've been in a few immigration spaces where there were no, like, queer trans folks, but I've also been in queer and trans spaces where there were no, like, immigrant folks. And so I'm 
we we want to strike a balance of like this is a immigrant rights uh space but we also know that queer and trans immigrants exist gotcha and you know you, you touched on a really good thing you being trans yourself doing the work my question is and during my short time in mississippi you know there isn't much for the tr- the trans queer community in the deep south much less in mississippi what is that like being one of only a handful of organizations now that are doing this type of work and then that are doing this type of work in a state in an environment that you know doesn't always accept what you're doing um i don't know like how much cheese man i can drop here like i don't want to <laughs> I don't know. I don't want to stir the pot, but I also like want to be honest and want to be transparent. And so a lot of the spaces that are queer and trans centered are actually very, very white. And so um, I feel like creating a space where brown and black and brown uh, Latinx folks can gather and have this cultural like similarity in addition to like um being queer trans is is something very special because yeah a lot of these spaces are very white and white led or white presenting led um which we've like had an issue with before because like we like this past uh legislative session we had a situation where um only white leaders and mostly cis leaders were asked to speak at a trans anti uh anti-trans youth rally where uh we were fighting a uh bill that was targeting trans youth um and so um we heard back that it was an intentional strategy because legislators would only listen to people that look like them so that's why no black or brown folks were asked to speak wow and you know i know you mentioned before this work has been going on for about a year with you guys tell me you know how how has that gone what successes have you guys really seen with all this work with all this progress that you guys have been doing you know what is that like um it's it's been really um really great but we have had um a lot of success in like terms of like finding folks that are queer and trans and latinx or immigrant um it's only been a handful of folks but i consider that successful because um it's it's really hard to find us like I've lived here my whole life and it's I know for a fact that there are not very many of us that are out and about like um uh in my first round of my first couple of years um I've always focused on like queer and trans stuff so like the project itself was the queer and trans justice project was launched a year ago, but I have always been looking for queer and trans folks. So like in my first year, I was able to find a couple that um, were openly gay. And then um, 
I was able to find a couple of folks from the Jackson area that are uh, open, openly gay as well. So I feel like we're starting out small, but that's what organizing is, is like slowly and intentionally building relationships. And have you been seeing maybe like out-of-state organizations or getting some recognition from out-of-state organizations that are doing what you guys are doing, but in in different parts of the country? Yeah, we have actually. Uh, We have um, this event. It's uh, the only Latinx Pride event in the state called the Quirceneta. And we uh, invited people from all over the nation to come. Our our Quirceneta last year was uh, Leanne Sanchez. So she's based in uh, Atlanta. So a lot of folks came from Atlanta, from New Orleans to come be part of her party. Um, And also we're connected to uh, Familia Trans Queer Liberation Movement, which they're going to be here this weekend. It's a huge deal. I love Familia. They're such a great organization. They do great work. They do really powerful work. And um they're coming this weekend and they uh they have a campaign called in trans detention and uh they also have a slogan that's uh no no pride in detention i believe that's what it is but yeah um no pride in detention and in trans detention um, we also uh, made some connections with Mi Gente. They're, they're a really major uh, Latinx organization, nationwide organization. And um, they they really have um, have also have like this queer, queer and trans kind of lens to their work. That's awesome. It's fantastic. And you know, I know you kind of already talked about the difficulties finding these people, um, but but for them, you know, specifically those in, in immigration detention, you know, how difficult is for them if they've already outed themselves or they've, they've come out? Um, how Because just speaking from my perspective, my own experiences, um, some of my relatives just not being you know, I just, you know, straight up hateful towards anybody in the LGBTQ community, um, specifically, you know, some of my family members coming out to them. Um, and I know that th- that's just an unfortunate trope throughout the Latinx community. Uh, how how are those people in detention kind of dealing with their own sexuality and, and things of that nature? I I think that it's really hard to say because whenever I connect with folks, it's it's all around pretty bad in detention, like in terms of like healthcare and food and just like the mental like torture you go through uh, being in detention. So uh, when when I talk to folks, it's mostly like, um focusing on stuff like that and not necessarily their sexuality unless they've like want to tell me um they've they've received any kind of ill treatment because of their sexuality but um 
I, uh, before, before we, uh, started the organization, I was doing, uh, volunteer work, bringing folks back from detention back home to Mississippi. And, um, one, one person that I was giving a ride to, like, everybody always asked me, like, are you married? Do you have kids? Do you have a boyfriend? Do you have a husband? And it's always like, no, I, and I never, never will. Um, but like this one lady asked me that and I told her that I was gay and she said um, she got really excited and started telling me about all the uh, uh, queer women in detention with her and how they would find each other and find little spaces where they weren't being monitored to to get together and be together and find um, find a little bit of joy while in detention and so um, I always want to think about that when I when I think about folks in detention, not that it's like a joyous kind of thing, but it's literally, literally hell. But queer and trans folks like we'll always find each other. Yeah. And, you know, I know you kind of, again, already touched on this previously, but what is it like? having them come out of detention and being able to help them assimilate back into Mississippi or assimilate into Mississippi for the first time in, in some cases? Well, um, a lot of the folks that we've been put in connection uh, with have actually uh, come out of Louisiana. Not um, Mississippi has one really active detention center and it's um like we don't get a lot of people coming from that detention center. We get a lot of people coming from Louisiana. And so um, it's it's been really like, I so appreciate like all the donors and all the folks that, that help us with funding because being able to help people who just got out of this hellish like place is really really beautiful um I wish we could do more and there needs to be more but right now this is all the capacity that we have is is financially helping people um with like phones and so they can call their relatives with uh food and with clothes um being able to provide funding for trans women to get like gender affirming clothing and makeup and uh, whatever else they need just to feel like themselves has been really, really great. Um, I, yeah, like I said, I wish we could do more, but like the financial piece is all we have capacity for right now. Hey, you guys are doing fantastic work. I know you wish you could do a lot more, but there's a lot of organizations not even doing what you guys are doing. But I do want to ask, you know, maybe five years, 10 years down the line, where do you see yourself? Where do you see Yahe as far as helping the trans and queer folk in Mississippi? Um, That's a really big question because um, what, what IJE does or IAHE, what we do is organize. Like even me behind the scenes doing like finance and operation, 
I always like want to have this organizing lens. So I see us being the like igniting people to organize, um, especially queer and trans folks, because in Mississippi, there's not really any organizing going on. There's a lot of people that throw events. There's a lot of people that have like support groups, but building power is not happening. Like, like I am, that's why like I wanted to talk to you this week is because we have some events coming up that are focused on teaching folks how to organize, queer and trans folks specifically how to organize. And so like what I see us doing is being that spark that ignites uh, a movement um and it may be like under an immigrant immigrants rights flag but it like like what 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 it really boils down to is black and brown solidarity and so i think that having that lens of black and brown solidarity is gonna get us to where we need to go perfect and remind everyone, you know, where can they find more information about those events that you will be throwing in the near future? Um, Those will be on our Facebook. So on all our social media, it's at I-A-J-E of M-S. And so we've posted about them on Instagram and Facebook. So yeah, like hopefully folks will check those out because we need more people to show up. Perfect. Well, thank you so much, Jess, for taking some time. And uh, we'll be happy to have you in the near future, hopefully talking a little bit more about what you guys have been doing over at Yahoo. Yeah, totally. Thank you.